As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to our home group. This is Rick Renner, and tonight I'm here with Denise, Paul, and Maxime, and we're going to have a good time tonight looking at Hebrews chapter 11. And we want you to have the study guide that goes with what we're discussing. It's called God's Hall of Faith. You guys, these programs are so good on God's Hall of Faith. It's all based on Hebrews chapter 11. And thank you if you're watching the regular TV program every morning this week. People are just loving the stand-ups to the programs. I think they're like masterpieces, really showing the interiors of the Winter Palace in St. Petersburg. I build all of it into this whole series called God's Hall of Faith. Just watch the programs, you'll see why, and you will enjoy the stand-ups. They are marvelous, and the teaching will build your faith. It really will, and we want you to have the study guide, which is free. It is enormous. It is quite a gift. Just go to renner.org and right on the homepage, you can download it for free right now. And you might as well get the series that goes with it, God's Hall of Faith. It's 10 parts. It comes in all kinds of formats. Whatever you need, we make it available to you. This series will feed your faith. I really believe it. So go and get yours right now. And Paul, what do you have there? I have here Sparkling Gems number two and Sparkling Gems, I have it upside down, Sparkling Gems number one. Now I've already read from Sparkling Gems number one twice about Hebrews chapter 11. Yesterday I read from Sparkling Gems number two about Hebrews chapter 11 and once again, page 815 this time, September 4th, Hebrews chapter 11. Six suggestions to help you get in a place of faith. And here my father says, one second, let me open the next page. I need to read that page. It's a good book. All right, decide to start. Decide how you're going to start serving. Decide where you're going to serve. Decide what level of commitment you're willing to take. Decide to make a habit of sowing a seed and start immediately. Decide that you will not stop for any reason. Now, this is a wonderful book. Sparkling Gems, number one, has been a blessing for people for years. And it is in Russian. It has been a blessing for people in the Russian language for years. Right now, we're currently working on translating and publishing Sparkling Gems, number two. It's you know quite what? a big project. I, I just felt like the Lord impressed me that there's somebody watching Home Group right now who may want to give a big gift to help us in the translation and the editing of that. That's a very big project. It's about a $15,000 project but it will put that book into the hands of Russian speakers all over the world. And if you want to give, just contact us. You can go online, just send us a note, or give us a call. And please, if the Holy Spirit's prompting your heart to be a part of that, if those books have been a blessing to you, you can make them to be a blessing to an entire ethnic group of people, all Russian speakers. Mm -hmm. And so if that's the Holy Spirit who's nudging your heart, I just invite you to say yes, and we would be so thankful. It's not for us. It's for people who need it. And eternity will reward you. Paul? Amen. And right now I'm actually using Sparkling Gems number one for our daily morning prayer program. And as soon as I get done reading through Sparkling Gems number one, and thousands of people join us for day every morning for prayer, 
then I will begin to start filming and preparing for Sparkling Gems number two in Russian. So if that is on your heart to get involved in this project and printing it in Russian, please, that would be very helpful. You know, when I wrote those books, Paul, I never had a thought that you would be using them like that. Oh, I, I'm getting a lot of benefit from it. Uh, Denise, welcome. Oh, thank you. Home group, welcome. We're so glad to be with you. And Maxime, we're glad you're here. I'm thankful to be here. I uh, was really blessed by what you were saying about Moses. Last night. Last night. And uh, something I never heard of. I heard many times that historians and uh, people were trying to find enough evidence that Israelites were in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And yesterday you said that they were, and they were, they were mentioning. Uh, it, it's mentioned, but they were just named differently. They were called Canaanites, Asiatics and shepherd kings. It's amazing. That's who they are. Because they were looking for the word Israelites or Hebrews. Right. That's amazing. That's right. And they lived in the delta on the eastern branch of the Nile. There's so much evidence. The Bible is absolutely accurate. You just got to dig deeper and use your brain and you're going to find out the Bible's correct. But tonight we're going to go back to Hebrews 11. Are you guys ready? And I want to review Hebrews 11, verse 6, because it's been a few days since I've really covered it. It says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When people read this verse in the King James Version, they think it describes the absence of faith, without faith, uh, to be without faith. Well, the truth is, everybody has faith. You can't be without faith. But in this particular case, the word without does not describe the absence of faith. The word without is the Greek word chorus. The word chorus means to be outside of something. Like you can be in your house or you can be outside your house on the street, but you can't be in your house and on the street at one time. You're either in the house or you're without the house. You're outside the house. That's the word that is used here. And it tells us that faith is a real place. Faith for you is being where God told you to be. You can be where God told you to be, or you can walk away from it. You can get out of it. And if you walk away from it, you are without faith. You're on the outside. You've moved beyond where God told you to be. And we're told clearly in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39, that when you move out of a place of faith, it ruins your life. Stay with your faith. And Hebrews 11.6 says it takes real diligence to do that. You've got to be determined. All right, this is taking longer than I thought. This is a little more complex than I anticipated, but I know it's what God said. And Hebrews chapter 11 is loaded with examples. Enoch, he got a word from God that he wouldn't die. I'm sure everybody thought he was a total kook, but he knew that he heard from God. And guess what? He stuck with it until it came to pass. And the Bible doesn't tell us how long he waited, but it happened. Then the Bible tells us about Noah, a man who built an ark for a hundred years. Can you imagine how many Noah jokes were told in those days? <laughs> I bet there were so many Noah jokes, and I bet some of them were really funny. The money it took to collect all that wood it took thousands and thousands of people that he had to employ. He was a rich man, then began to collect all those animals. They must have said he was a total kook. Nobody had ever seen an ark. Nobody had ever seen a flood. It had never rained. Noah's the only one who really knew down deep 
that he heard from God and he stayed on assignment. He refused to be outside of his place of faith. Then we saw the example of Abraham. Abraham got a word from God. Then we saw the example of Sarah. Everybody talks about Abraham. Sarah had a word from God. She had to get into agreement with God just to get pregnant. (laughs) And then last night we saw the example of Moses. Moses had to walk away from the benefits of Egypt, but he had a word from God. And as Denise said last night, he kept his eyes on him that was invisible, knowing God would reward him if he would just stay on assignment. When you're walking in faith, you stay on assignment. Denise? Well, I was looking at this verse in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. And they, meaning his parents, were not afraid of the king's command. And I was thinking, every one of these people, they had to shun other people's opinion. It didn't, it didn't, they had to have an attitude of, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to do what God said to do. I'm going to believe God. And I don't care what other people think. I don't care what other people say. I don't care what other people do. I've heard from God and I'm going to move forward on my assignment. And of course, these parents were absolutely laying their lives on the line to obey God. Well, when we come to Hebrews 11, 32 and 33, we read about a whole group of people who got a word from God and they ended up in Hebrews chapter 11, God's Hall of Faith. And guys, if you study them, none of them knew they were going to end up as Bible characters. Isn't that amazing? Nobody said, Mm -mm. if we keep doing this, we might end up as a Bible character. Nobody ever had a thought. These were just common people who became aware of God's call, stuck with it, and became Bible characters. But let's look at it. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me. There's so many of them. To tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David also and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith, listen to this, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, and stopped the mouths of lions. There are too many of these people to list. But this verse says they subdued kingdoms. Very interesting Greek word. You know, when you read that, they subdued kingdoms. It just sounds like they just immediately got the victory. But it's a Greek word, kata, compounded together with the word agonizo. Isn't that amazing? The word agonizo is the word for agony. The word kata is something coming down. They agonized down to the last moment. In other words, subduing the kingdoms were not easy, but it's what they were told to do. They did not give up. It was agony to do it but they stayed on assignment. Doesn't that change that? Yes. It goes on to say they wrought righteousness and obtained promises. Mm. Wrought righteousness means they carried out mighty righteous deeds, obtained promises, is from a Greek word that means to fall upon, to light upon, as an army that pounces on an enemy or seizes treasures of war. But that means there was a lot of bloodshed a lot of fighting. This was an agonizing thing for them to stay on assignment. And it says they stopped the mouths of 
lions. And of course, an example of this would be Daniel from the Old Testament who prayed and God shut the mouth of those lions. But let me ask you, why was Daniel in the lion's pit? Because he was praying to the Lord when he was told not to. He refused to surrender to opinions. Mm -hmm. We're living in a day right now when monitor thought police are trying to tell you what you can think, what you can say, what you can't say, what you should believe, what you should not believe. You can even be punished for having a free thought, a different thought. You have to make a decision, you know, I'm going to stay on assignment even if I end up in a lion's den. He was in a lion's den because he was staying on assignment. He was not budging. And God intervened and shut the mouths of the lions. But shut the mouths of the lions, that would be talking about Daniel, that would be talking about David, mm -hmm. and that would be talking about Samson. At least three different cases. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. When people fought lions. Mm -hmm. Then it says, quenched the violence of fire. That's verse 34. The word quench means to extinguish, smother, suppress, douse, put out, snuff out. It means they were surrounded by fire. It was fiery to stay on assignment. And escaped the edge of the sword. Now, guys, here's a different one. The word escaped is the Greek word fuego. That's amazing. The word fuego means to run away, to run as fast as possible, or to escape. It pictures one flying. He is moving so fast that two feet are never hitting the ground at the same time, which lets us know that sometimes it takes faith to run away from a situation. Sometimes faith is staying, is running. For example, <coughs> Moses, when he fled from Egypt, that was an act of faith. Mm -hmm. It would have been easier for him just to stay there. It took faith for him to flee. Mm -hmm. And sometimes faith is not staying. Faith is moving so you can stay in assignment. You gotta run sometimes. I think that's amazing. When we were talking about Moses yesterday, I had a thought. Moses, when he left Egypt, fled from Egypt, he was missing opportunities. If he was raised to become the next Pharaoh, he missed that opportunity while he was outside of Egypt for 40 years. And when he came back to Egypt and all that time that he was missing opportunities, he could have been thinking, there gotta be easier ways. If I was in Egypt right now, I would be the one in authority. I would be the one that could be making the decisions. He had to stay with what the Lord told him because his mind could have been telling that there are other ways to do this. Well, Paul, it says it so clearly in verse 26, esteeming the approach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he looked to the reward. He was, wasn't looking to these everything that Egypt could have given him. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, has seen him who is invisible. But you know, when God spoke to him, it required him to run. Sometimes you got to run by faith. Yep. But when you go back to Hebrews eleven twenty four, it says, out of weakness, they were made strong. Mm. It goes on to say, they waxed valiant in fight. Waxed valiant pictures a very muscular man. God made them strong for the fight, but hold on. We like that valiant part, but I don't know if we like the fight part. The word fight is the word polemus. The word polemus describes a protracted, long skirmish or battle. Sometimes they had to stay in the fight for a very long time, but God empowered them to do it, and they did it until they won. And then it says, 
in verse 34, turn to flight the armies of the aliens. Turn to flight. You will not believe what that Greek word is, Maxime. It's the word kline. The word kline is the word for somebody who goes to bed. Isn't that amazing? Here it is translated, turn to flight. A translation of this word kline is to lay low or to put to bed. A better translation would be, they put to bed the armies of the aliens and knocked them flat on their backs. But it's connected with a protracted battle. It didn't matter. They are going to stay in faith until they put their enemies on their backs. And then when you come to verse 35, it says, women receive their dead raised to life again. Now, when you come to verse 35, this all seems so powerful and so victorious. They put to flight the armies of the aliens. They received their dead, raised to life. They subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness. I mean, it's just victory, victory, victory. But when you really understand a little deeper, it's agony, it's protracted battle, but they all ended up in victory because they would not move off of assignment. But wait, then it says, and others. Wait, 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 wait. Others. And others were tortured not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. It says others. In Greek it is alloi, which describes multitudes, which means many, 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 many others were tortured. The word tortured specifically refers to a grueling, horrible kind of torture. And the Bible says not accepting deliverance. The word deliverance is the Greek word for a ransom. And it implies there were people even willing to pay a bribe to get these people out of their mess. They wouldn't let them pay a bribe. They said, no. no I'd rather die than surrender what God told me. Sometimes that's an act of faith, to refuse to accept deliverance. No. I don't care what you pay. I don't care what you manipulate, what strings you pull. I'm not surrendering. I will not give up. Just stop it. Don't even do it. I'm not going to change my attitude or change my mind. They refused to accept deliverance because they knew they had heard from the Lord. Isn't that amazing? That is just amazing. You know, we live in the former Soviet Union. And when I read that verse, I think about Christians during the earlier Soviet years. Now, it got better in the later years. But particularly in the years of Lenin and Stalin and Khrushchev and Brezhnev and Andropov, during all of those years, believers really suffered and they refused to accept deliverance. They wouldn't recant. I mean, they could have made their lives so much easier by just backing up a little bit. And that is the temptation for believers in the West right now. Believers are being told, just modify your faith a little bit. Just conform become more accepting of others. It's time for you to blend in, not be so separate. And the new word is to become inclusive. If you'll just make a few adaptations, everything will be all right. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to move off of the Bible. That's what he wants. But you know, if you surrender a little, you're going to surrender more and more and more and more and more until you end up like the pastor I talked about last night who calls himself a progressive Christian. He's a regressive Christian. 
not progressive, he's regressive, doesn't even believe the Bible anymore. He's moved so many times, now he believes it's just a document of human experience and how God tries to relate to people and how people try to relate to God. It's a community experience. No, it is the Word of God. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. It is God's Word. It is given by inspiration of God. you got to even hold on to that these days. You know, we talk about staying on your personal assignment. How about staying on the Bible? That's the biggest assignment of all. And today the world wants you to budge. It wants you to flinch. It wants you to bend. It wants you to break. It wants you to move. You've got to say, I'm not moving. And in the case of these believers, they refused to accept deliverance. No, we're not budging. And by the way, if they kill us, it's okay. It says that they might obtain a better resurrection. My friends, we can't lose. Denise? No, we can't lose. Even if we die, we win. And what Jesus has done... Our salvation is so magnificent that what Jesus has done that even if we die, we're in an entering to our greatest victory. Paul? I'm actually thinking of several stories that I've heard of Christians during the Soviet period that accepted deliverance that they shouldn't have. They began to work with the KGB forces, and they actually... Praise God, that was a long time ago. Yes, years and years ago, but their lives ended poorly. Their, their lives ended very poorly, even though they accepted help and started working with people that they shouldn't have been working with. Their lives ended very poorly. At the same time, the people that lost their lives or survived ended gloriously. Mm. I'm thinking about Soviet citizens who were saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and part of the underground church that a word from God that revival would come one day that they just got tired of staying in their place of faith, so they emigrated. Mm -hmm. They just walked off. And when they went to the United States, their kids got into sin. Their grandkids don't know the faith. Mm -hmm. They walked away from a place of faith. You know, sometimes the faith place of faith is really not a comfortable place. Look at this chapter. They had to go through agony to win those battles. Sometimes prolonged, protracted conflicts, but they stuck with it. Some of them said, you know what, if I'm not delivered, that's okay. I'm not going to move. I don't care what ransom you pay, what strings you pull, how you try to manipulate, what bribes you try to pay under the table. I don't care. I'm not moving anyway. I'll just be raised from the dead. That's the attitude of faith. Faith is standing by, not moving, not budging. And you know when you run into a person with faith, it's like running into a mountain made out of granite. They don't move about what they believe and what they're believing for. They say, I'm going to stay in my place. I don't care if it doesn't happen till my last breath. Or if in my last breath, if I have to shift my faith to my kids and to the next generation, on this question of what God has told me, I won't move. That's the behavior of faith, Denise. I love it. I can just see Jacob just leaning on that staff and what a life he lived. But he didn't get the promise, but he just prophesied it. His kids, his kids got it. Yes.
Paul? Amen. If it was true then, if it worked for them, it will work for you Amen. now. Mm -hmm. You have to have this understanding, or like I like to say, a worldview of faith. It worked then, the faith worked for them now, and that same faith, that same power will work for you today. Because God doesn't change, and he's the same yesterday, today, and, today forever. and forever. Maxine? As you were uh, talking about uh, Soviet times believers who would not give up their faith, I'm thinking about my grandmother. Who, whose job was to tell people that there's no God. And I'm so thankful that God saved her and God saved me. And I'm thankful to Americans who really started our church in the city of Volgograd where I got saved. Amen, Maxine. Mm. Amen. Thanks. By the way, they were there because they had a word from God. Yes. You know, when you have a word from God, that word rhema, Maxine, I'm so glad you pointed that out the other night. That word rhema is also the word for an event. When you get a rhema and you stay by it, it's an event. It's going to change something. It's going to be monumental and historical. But we're out of time. This has been really good. Oh. Tomorrow night, guys, is Friday night. We're going to wrap up this teaching, and we're going to see there's another group in Hebrews chapter 11. Who is the next group? Whoever they are, they wandered around in sheepskins. They lived in caves. They lived in mountains and deserts and dens. Who in the world is it? Can you imagine living in a den by faith? living around in caves and covered with sheepskins in faith? Who in the world was it? You're going to find out tomorrow night. But go to bed and sleep well. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.